0: Grab your Bibles, please. Turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, fourth book in the New Testament Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll bring one to you if you need one. John chapter 13. As I said this morning, the message uh, is going to be directed towards uh, seniors, towards their parents, um, but it's for everyone. This message is for everyone. Uh, but I'm going to look at uh, the seniors as much as possible when I talk to them and maybe ask them a few questions. But I want to direct to them. Let me first of all say congratulations, seniors. A lot of you are right here, over here. Congratulations. Um, this is uh, you've worked hard over the years, spending many hours studying. You look forward to the the first day of school, and then you look forward to your first fog delay, right? um you couldn't wait for holiday breaks but then you couldn't wait to hang out with your friends back at school again and uh from from kindergarten and show and tell all the way up to your senior year and scholarships you've experienced a great deal and uh what seemed like forever is finally here you've made it and that's just part of the journey Um, but what some of your parents dreamed of will my son pass (laughs) um and yes you did your son is now graduating or will my daughter make friends at school and Yes, and now she's gonna make more friends in another journey of her life. For some of you parents, what seemed like forever has finally arrived too quickly. And from a short time from now, some of you parents, including myself, will be sitting in the gym uh, watching our children uh, exit one part of their journey and enter a new part of their life. It'll be exciting. Uh, Each of you have different goals. As you heard all these seniors up here, all the different areas of skills that God's gifted them. Isn't that amazing? I didn't hear them all stand up here and say, we're all going into education. We're all going into athletic training. We're all going into agriculture. There was, it was multiple answers up here, different skills, different journeys that God's going to take them on with the gifts that he's given them. And that's amazing. And the thing is, they're leaving one place right now, and they're going off into other directions. And uh, like I said, whether it's a job or college or family, I, I just want to encourage you seniors to be great at what God's given you to be great at what God's gifted you with. You know, whether, um, like I said, whether it's college or school, I think there's an, ap- uh, an epidemic right now in America that we struggle with, and that is this. The epidemic is it's okay to be average. It's okay to get by. Just, just whatever everyone else is doing, that's fine. You know, the average American will see five movies every year. The average marriage lasts nine years. The average GPA for a guy is 2.9 and for girls is 3.1. Uh, the average batting average in Major League Baseball is 0.255. And the average punt in high school is 40 yards. Um, and the average American is in debt. Average, average, average. And we all seem to be okay with it because I am making the grade. I'm, uh, that's okay. But here's the thing. Some people are content with that, but I'm, I'm saying don't be content with that. Because God created you for more than that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I've shared this with you before, but when I was a little boy, I had heroes, okay? I, and I want you all to do this right now. I want you to think of, when you're a young person, um, who was your hero? Who was your hero? For me, when I was growing up, and uh, my heroes include Hank Aaron and Walter Payton, uh, Larry Bird, but not all my heroes were athletes. I had other heroes, too. See, I wanted to be Luke Skywalker, James Bond, Um, One of the three musketeers, John Wayne. I mean, I just, I wanted to be a cowboy. Who doesn't want to be a Jedi? Come on, really? I wanted the force to be with me. Uh, And here's the thing though, I I didn't want to just get the applause as a star athlete. Uh, I, I wanted to make a difference. See, those heroes that I liked, they made a difference by what? By defeating the villain, by saving the day, And so I wanted to, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be above average. I wanted to save the day. I wanted to to make a difference. I wanted to do something that nobody else was doing. But too many of us today just settle for average. You know, I wonder do we have heroes today? Because here's the thing most of us have celebrities that we adore, there's a big difference. Um, I'm, okay, music style, I'm sort of all over the board with different music styles that I like. Um, I guess if I had my opportunity uh, to go to a concert right now, christian it'd, it'd probably be Chris Tomlin, maybe. Uh, I like listening to Chris Tomlin. Um, my boys, on the other hand, if they're working on something, they like listening to Lecrae. Now, if you don't know who Lecrae is, it's Christian rap. That's it's like an oxymoron, I know. That doesn't make sense, right? Um, and one of my sons said, Dad, all I want for my birthday is just to go to a Lecrae concert. I'm thinking, okay, back when I was in high school, I actually wanted to be a break dancer. I know, you look at me growing up on a farm. I tried to backflip in the bean field one day, I landed on my back, decided this probably wasn't the life for me. So, um, so I gave up the whole break dancing thing. But anyway, um, so I thought, I'll take the boys to a lacrae concert. That was so loud. Um, I felt my hair vibrating. I'm right here. This, these hairs right in front, I could feel them vibrate. It was so loud. And uh, Jenny was texting me, and she said, how's it going? I said, for Father's Day, I need a, a pacemaker. Uh, I, I need hearing aids. And, you know, and I just sent her this big list of what I really needed after that moment. But the thing was, these junior high girls were right behind me. That was even louder, okay? And they're like, I love you, Lecrae! they're screaming and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, I follow you on Instagram! It's like, so? But see, that's the thing. We have celebrities that we follow and we adore, but who's your heroes? Who's your heroes? Who do you really look up to and say, I want, to, I want them to mentor me. I want them to help me grow in life. And not just, I want to adore them or follow them. See, God created us and gave us each with special gifts and abilities. See, we're unique. We are created to be above average. When God created the world, what, he, remember everything He created? The sun, the moon, and stars? He said it was good. At the end of every day, we've talked about this before in Genesis, at the end of day one, God said it was good. At the end of day two, it was good. At the end of day three, it was good. You know, plants, vegetation, water, things that swim in the water the fowl and the birds in the air, the animals that crawled on the ground, everything that God created, he kept saying, it's good, good, good. Then he created man and woman. And at the end of that day, he said what? It was very good. See, up to then, everything good, good, good. Then he goes, very good. Now, I'm not going to proclaim to be the greatest theologian here and translate and all this, but I'm going to say this. What I believe is that when God created all these things, he created man above all other things that he created. He created us with value and purpose to be above average. That's how we were created. So to live our lives in mediocre, without, you know, inspiration to do more, I believe we're living a sinful life. We were created to do more than that. I like this quote. It says this, What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny compared to what lies within us. Now, as a believer in Jesus Christ, here's what I think. I know what lies within me. That's God's very Spirit. And if God's very Spirit is within you, guess what? And He's he's greater than great, right? What lies behind us, what lies ahead of us, is tiny compared to what lies within us. And what lies within me is God's very Spirit, which allows me to do great things for Him, for His glory, not mine, but for His glory. Paul even said this in Colossians 3, 23, and whatever you do, do it what? Heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Help me out with this. I want, you to say, I want you to say the word whatever, but this is how the first time I want you to say it. I want you to say it like, okay, parents, like when you look at your kids and you say, hey, da 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 and your kids are like, whatever. Okay, you roll the eyes and do that, whatever, okay? So on the count of three, we're going to do that, okay? I don't care. Roll the eyes, shake your head, do whatever. But everybody's going to do that with me on the count of three. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Whatever. Okay, now we're going to do whatever with an exclamation point on the end of it, saying, yes, like, whatever. Okay, ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Whatever. Now let's try it again. Roll the eyes. First one, whatever on three. One, two, three. Whatever. Now, Sharon, that was awesome. I just love it. Okay, now, now exclamation point on three. One, two, three. Whatever. That's what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, whatever you do. No, Paul was saying, whatever. Whatever you do, do with all your heart as to the Lord and not unto men. Why? Because you're created to do great things for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to give Him all the glory. Amen? John 13. Let's turn there. John chapter 13. Let me give you the background to this. Jesus is with His disciples. They're in the upper room. These are the last hours before He's going to be betrayed and arrested. And as He's with His disciples in the upper room, um, they've, they've, they've seen Jesus do all kinds of things. They've seen Him walk on water. They've seen him perform miracles. Heal people that he's, they're they're looking at, there's no way that person will ever walk again, and Jesus gets them walking. Feed thousands with just a handful of food. Great teaching. I mean, the kind of teaching Jesus gave, your heart melted. You just wanted to surrender. They're right there on the line. I'm all in. Wherever you're going, Jesus, I'm going. I mean, that was the kind of teaching he had. And now they're in your upper room with Jesus. He's the one that controls the winds and the waves with His voice. The demons flee with one word. He is Savior. He is Lord. They're in His presence, and they walk into the upper room with Him. Let's read this, John chapter 13, verse 1. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that the hour had come to leave this world and return to His Father. He loved His disciples during His ministry on earth, and now He loved them to the very end. Verse 2. It was time for supper. The devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon the to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Now, I want you to consider the Middle Eastern times, back in ancient history, okay? In the Middle East, the roads were dirty and dusty and muddy, depending on the climate and all you had on were sandals, flip-flops, or barefoot. No shoes, no boots, nothing like that. So everywhere you walked, everywhere you traveled, guess what's happening to your little piggies? They're getting dirty, right? Now, typically then, when you come into a room, before you would eat, you would, somebody, there'd be a servant there, there'd be a basin of water, a towel, and a servant. You'd come into that room because you would recline to eat, so your feet are gonna be near my face, okay? And so as you walk in the room, the servant is there to wash your feet. And then you come and you recline and you eat. Now as they came into the room, there's the basin of water, there's the towel, there's no servant. And they all sit down around the table and they recline and they're just sort of sitting there wondering what's going on and uh, there's no servant here. Uh, not a very glamorous job. There's the water, there's the towel. You wonder if they were looking at each other just waiting. So who's going to wash their feet? And you wonder if they started weighing out things like, well, I'm, I'm a great fisherman, and I'm a better fisherman than you, so if anybody's going to wash feet, it's going to be you. And then maybe Matthew was sitting over there going, but I was a tax collector, and, and tax collectors are higher up than fishermen, so it's not going to be me. And maybe John was sitting over here saying, well, Jesus calls me the beloved one. The beloved one. Nobody's got a nickname like me. So I'm not washing the feet. You wonder if they all sort of sat around and sort of talked about, well, who's going to be the servant? Who's going to be the greater one? Well, as they sat around the table, everybody knew there was a stink in the room, right? Sort of like Christians. We all sit around. We know there's a stink in the room, but nobody wants to do anything about it because we're going to be politely look at each other and like, it's okay. God loves you, right? Instead of washing each other's feet, we just politely smile at each other. Jesus gets up, takes off his outer garment, wraps a towel around him, and then he begins the process of washing the feet of the disciples, carefully attending the dirty, smelly feet of each disciple. Can you just sort of think what's going on here? It wasn't just about cleaning feet. He was going to the feet of the disciples, one at a time. He knew that one of them was going to betray, and he knew it was. He knew one of them was going to deny him. He knew it was. He knew all of them were going to run in the garden when he was arrested. But he overlooked all that. Regardless of how they were going to treat him, he was going to love them and serve them. He sits down and he makes a commandment that like him, their master, they should do this for each other. Now, he's not instituting a new sacrament here of foot washing. Like, every church from now on, on the third Sunday of the month, shall have a foot washing service. That wasn't what it's about. Instead, he's calling his followers to model a community that is courageous enough to deal with each other with the mess in each other's lives. To serve one another. To humble ourselves. You know, from this we can learn a lot of great lessons. Maybe the lesson is all about being a servant to others, you know, but— if you want to be great as God created you, I'm gonna tell you one of the ways to do that. Greatness can be defined by how we treat others. Greatness can be defined by how we treat others, how we serve others. You know, I I heard um, a university recently say this. We don't change the world by producing exceptional individuals, but by graduating authentic people who go into the church and help it become the healthy community that Christ called for it to be in John 13. I thought that was a great statement by that college. They're not just graduating kids with good grades and giving diplomas, they're saying, we're graduating young men and women who's gonna go off into the world and serve in the church and be authentic followers of Jesus Christ and wash the feet of others, as Jesus did in John 13. John 13, Jesus taught with words and actions. But did you see what came first? Did you see what came first in this? Did he teach first about servanthood or did he serve first? Actions came first, didn't they? The actions came first. You know, sometimes great teaching happens and no lessons are learned. Let me say it again. Sometimes great teaching can happen and no lessons are learned. You know why that is? Because we all enter into like this morning, with preoccupied minds, things going on up here. We've got so much going on that even if I were to teach any kind of lesson this morning, you may or may not get it because you have so much going on up here. Other people don't hear the lesson because they're just disobedient. They don't want to hear it. Their hearts are hardened to it. Some people are just stubborn. Well, that's a good lesson, but I really don't know if I want to apply it in my life right now. There's multiple reasons why great lessons are taught, but sometimes nothing is learned. Okay? Maybe God says, if that's going to be the case, I need to get your attention first, then I'll teach the lesson. I need to get your attention first, then I'll give the lesson. Because sometimes actions speak louder than words. I heard this story about a farmer. His donkey was in the middle of the road. And he was sitting there coaxing his donkey. Come on, get up, get up. You know, he kept yelling at the donkey, trying to get that donkey up and get it going. That donkey would not budge. And he was so mad. For a half hour, he's screaming at this donkey, just screaming. Another farmer comes along and he says, what's the problem here? I, said, I can't get my donkey out of the middle of the road. He's just sitting there. Oh, okay. We well, I've been yelling at him and trying to prod him. He just won't go. Oh, can I help you? He goes, sure. The other farmer went over to the side of the road, found this big club of stick. Came over, looked at that donkey square in the eyes, and just popped that stick right in the middle of the eyes of that donkey. And he goes, hee-haw, hee-haw. They really just call. Donkey got up and moved off the road. The first farmer said, how did you do that? And he goes, sometimes you just got to get their attention first and then call me and talk to them. Sometimes actions speak louder than words, right? Some of your parents are going, I'm going to try that with my kids. Maybe not. Okay. Point is, sometimes God's going to get our attention before we're actually going to listen because God's always teaching us lessons. He's always directing us in the right path. Sometimes we just don't hear it. But then sometimes something slams into our life. God gets our attention, we back up, and now we're ready to listen. Now we're ready to listen. That's what Jesus did here. He became the servant, showed how to serve others, and he said, now I want to tell you what you need to do. He gave the lesson. Let me give you four quick points here to help you out on this, okay? Here's the first point. Put others ahead of your own agenda. Put others ahead of your own agenda. Graduates, I want, to, I want to tell you this, okay? Again, this message is, is for all of us, but I want you to really hear this. Leaders serve people. Leaders serve people. They look to other people's needs first. They love um, having concerns for other people greater than their own personal concerns, because you have to think about this. It's not just about position and skill. And listen, there's always going to be somebody that's going to take your position once you're gone, and there's always somebody with greater skill that's going to come along and challenge you. It's, it's always going to be that way. You're never, never gonna be undefeated. You're never gonna be at the top of your game. You will have those awesome moments, but there's always somebody that's always gonna come along better. But what is the one thing you can control? I tell this to every athlete. Here's the thing, you can't. I can't control my opponent, can't control their skill, can't control whether we win or lose, but I can control what? My attitude and my effort. I can give my best. That's my choice. And I can have a great attitude about it. That's my choice. I can control that, but everything else I cannot control. And when I think about that, I'm sitting there thinking, I can control whether or not I choose to serve somebody else or not. No matter what my title is, whether I've got a great title, that don't matter, that's out of my control sometimes. But I can choose to serve or not serve. I heard this phrase, The man who goes alone can start his day as he sees fit, but the one who travels with another must wait until the other is ready. Do you hear that? Let me say it again. Listen carefully. The man who goes alone can start the day as he sees fit. But the one who travels with another must wait until the other is ready. Simple truth, right? But how frustrating is that? If you travel a lot and you're on your own, you can get up and come and go as you want. I'm going to get up in the morning. And if I'm traveling, I'm at a hotel somewhere. I get up. I know when I get up, have my coffee, my quiet time, and breakfast and sort of get on the road, okay? But now if I'm with my family on the road at a hotel— got to wait for this, and then I got to wait for so-and-so, and and then I I can't get in the bathroom yet because they're there. You know, they're thinking the same thing with me. It goes both ways, right? But see, it's so different when you travel alone. You can do whatever you want to do, right? But here's the thing. We don't travel alone in life. We travel with family, community. So sometimes we have to look at our own agenda and say, it's not about me today and my agenda. How can I serve somebody else today? Not always easy to do. Some of us have such schedules, it's hard sometimes to, to uh, surrender that opportunity to help somebody. But when you have that moment, yes. And, I, and for those of you that are competitors, got a lot of athletes in here, here's the thing. We're trained to finish at the front of the pack, aren't we? Right? If you're an athlete. You're trained to finish first, right? If you aren't, find a new trainer. Find a new coach. Because in competition, you do want to finish first. That honors God. We, we see that, okay? But Jesus says this. That's not the way it works in His kingdom and overall. First, last, last verse. Let me show you how to serve others. But if you're competing for something, be your best, right? Okay? But a leader never finishes the finish line alone. A leader never finishes the finish line alone. You finish with others. Jim Whitaker, he's an experienced mountain climber, said this. He's he's climbed Mount Everest numerous, numerous times. I mean, just numerous times, okay? They asked him, of all the mountains you've climbed, What's your greatest accomplishment? This is what he said. My greatest accomplishment, let me read this quote, is this. I've been able to take more climbers to Mount Everest than any other mountain peak. His point is this. I've helped others achieve what they've never been able to achieve on their own. I'm going to help people cross that finish line with me because they've never been able to do it. That's the heart of a servant. What's on their agenda today? How can I help them finish today? How can I help them? Them today. Apostle Paul said this in Philippians two, two to four. Make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Love one another. Work together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of yourselves as better than other, uh, as, I'm sorry. Think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Paul said in Romans twelve 9, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. 1 John three, sixteen 16, 19 said this, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not nearly say we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we'll have confidence when we stand before God. Put others ahead of your own agenda. That's the challenge. Being a servant leader, look at their agenda. How can I help them? Here's the second thing. Put yourself in a position to be stretched. Put yourself in a position to be stretched. You will never be able to serve anybody if you're not being stretched. What I mean by that, I went uh, on a mission trip many years ago to North Carolina, the Cherokee Indian Reservation, and we served in helping paint houses and weed places and, and do all these kind of things. And then you do that for two days and then you would switch up and then you would go over and you'd go to a nursing home or a children's uh, place and you do think like a children's vacation Bible school or you serve in a nursing home two days. Now, I'll tell you this. I have my preference for where I like to serve. That's just the way I am, right? Because we all are like, oh, I don't wanna go there, right? I don't wanna be stretched, okay? I don't like nursing homes. I'll be honest with you, okay? I don't like nursing homes. But if I have to go to a nursing home, I will go to a nursing home. If that's where God wants to you gotta go, right? So I got switched after my two days of working outside. They said, okay, Rex, you're gonna go with this group of teens and you're gonna go serve in the nursing home. I said, oh, they don't need help with the children's stuff? Nope, we're all set. You go to the nursing home. Okay. So I went to the nursing home and I'm I'm like, you're a leader, right? So you've got to like, all right, guys, we're going, it's gonna be awesome. I really don't wanna go myself. Um, But we got in there and what did I do? I ended up sitting down with a, I almost said a young lady. She was in her 90s, so we'll say she's young 90s, okay? So I'm sitting down with her, she's, she's missing most of her teeth um, because she chews tobacco, and she was chewing tobacco that day. We're down south. It's, that's all I can say, okay? And so as I sat with this 90-year-old woman who chewed tobacco, you know, we talked, and we put a puzzle together, and, and it was like, you know what? That wasn't so bad. But see, I didn't know that until I got stretched. That was a stretch for me. And sometimes if you're going to serve others, you have to get stretched. I want you to think about this. In John 13, Jesus was washing the feet of others. Stinky, smelly feet. He walks on water. He came down from heaven. He is our king of kings. And he's going to wash feet? Are you kidding me? You know, my dad's told a lot of stories to me. There's one story I've never, like, questioned him on. I just thought it was a really gross story, okay? Um, Maybe my mom's here visiting this week, and so maybe my mom can confirm this or tell me later why. But my dad would talk about when he's growing up with his seven kids, uh, seven uh, brothers and sisters. He said this one story was in the morning he'd get up before school or whatever, and they'd have to go out and watch the cattle out in the pasture field. And I didn't understand. It's like, did you not have fences? Why are you out there watching them? I never asked those questions because of the gross story. I'm going to tell you in a second, okay? So anyway, he said we were out there, and they, they were barefoot. You know, all those kids didn't have a lot of stuff, so they're out there. It's cold. They're barefoot, and they're freezing. So what do you do? They wait for a cow to go to the bathroom. That's what I'm saying right there, Roger. And then they would go, yeah, this gets worse. And then once they see that cow make a dropping, they would go stand in their bare feet in the, in the manure to keep their feet warm. And they would wait for the next cow because that's going to be warmer than what they're in right now. All right, let's go. You know, then they, they just move on and step in that, okay? That's really gross, isn't it? Now I want you to think about what these disciples— it's like walking through the 4-H barns 24-7, okay? Sandals, okay? They're walking the streets, dirt, the same streets, goats, donkeys, cows, everything in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, uh, wherever they were trapped. That's what they walk in. And then they sit down and recline with their feet up in the other person's face. Somebody's got to wash their feet. Who was it? Jesus. Do you think that was a stretch for him? Paul said this, though he was God, he did not think of himself equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges in heaven, took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus made that stretch going from heaven to earth to wash stinky, smelly feet. That's a stretch. Graduates, And everyone else, to serve, it's going to be a stretch sometimes. You're going to have to do things you don't want to do. But that's what a servant does. Here's the next thing. Contrast truth and ask this. Who do you really want to represent? If you're a sports fan, you're going to wear a couple colors, right? Your favorite team. Guess what, as a Christian, you wear colors too. Either you're selfish and you wear the colors of your opponent, Satan, or you're a servant and you wear the colors of your Savior, Jesus Christ, and you serve. Which one are you wearing? Hero, villain, Jesus, Judas. Which one you wear? You can serve or be served. With God, you represent servanthood. With Satan, you represent selfishness. So you really got to stop and ask, who am I representing by my actions? If you call yourself a Christian, you better represent Jesus Christ. You better represent God. We better be serving. Satan, this, in Isaiah 14, it says this about Satan. How you're fallen from heaven, O shining star. Son of the morning, you've been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you yourself said to yourself, I'll ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I'll preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Satan sought his own glory and he was tossed as because of that. He's selfish, always has been, always will be. Flip side of that Philippians 2 9, 11. And I already read this to you. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor. Talking about Jesus. Gave him the name above all names, that the name of Jesus every knee will bow. In heaven, earth, under the earth, every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Jesus humbled himself. God exalted him. Satan tried to exalt himself, and God humbled him. Contrast the truth. Who do I really represent? And here's the last thing. Seniors, now go do it. Go do it. Go serve in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, we have some athletes in this room who train, and we have some adults in this room who are serious about training or weight loss or just staying in shape. So I could ask you right now, what's the best exercise program out there? And I'll probably have various opinions. P90X, CrossFit, you know, when I had my, many years ago, I had back surgery and I tried to work out again, get back into it. It's like, what are you doing, Rex? I got a P20 Rex. P20 Rex. Well, I can't do the P90X because so I get tired too quick. So I just did my own thing, right? I came up with my own exercise program, right? What is the best one? Let me tell you right here. Best exercise for strengthening the heart. Everybody listen. Best exercise for strengthening the heart is reaching down and picking up those in need. It's the best exercise program for the heart. We need to learn to go do this. John 13, 15 to 17, after Jesus did this, he said this. I've given you example to follow. Do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than a master, nor the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you when you do these things. Jesus says, I gave you a lesson. Go serve. Go serve. And when you do, you'll be blessed. Go do them as I've done them. I want to challenge you to do that. To learn to be great. As God created you to be great, you must learn to serve. Put others' agendas ahead of ours. Be willing to be stretched. And then do it. Do it. We're going to close this morning with a quiz, okay? Oh, your diplomas aren't getting handed to you. I already talked to the principals. Sarah, can't do much about that one. But anyway, you are not allowed to graduate until you pass this next quiz, ready? We're gonna make everybody else join, okay? Here's, you've got to uh, let's do this. This goes six questions. Uh, you have to have four correct to pass, that's 66%. That's like a D, uh, that's, that's below average. So we need five out of six, okay? So here's the first question. You gotta do this. You've got to name the five wealthiest people in the world. Name the five wealthiest people in the world. If you think, beyond a shadow of a doubt, right now, you can name the five wealthiest people in the world. No guessing. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I can name them. Raise your hand if you can name all five. You got to fill in the blanks. Boom, 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 boom. Who are they? Can you raise your hands and tell me? Some of you could probably get one, right? Okay, we didn't get five. Okay, we're over. For, for 1. Okay, here we go. Number two. Name the last five Heisman Trophy winners. The last five Heisman Trophy winners. That's football. That's the uh, best college football player voted on at the end of the year. Does anybody here think they can get the last five? Raise your hand if you think you can get the last five. I'm not gonna call on you and make you answer, okay? Just if you think you got it. Anybody? Well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of them. You think you can get them? Okay. You guys think you can get it? Anybody? All right, Justin, you ready for this? I'm gonna give them to you, and you tell me if, if you got them, okay? Okay, here we go. Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, um, Johnny Manziel, RG3, Cam Newton. Okay, all right. One for two, okay. He helped you out, y'all redeemed right now, okay? Here we go. Number three, name the last five winners of the Miss America contest. <laughs> what? Bruce? <laughs> <You> can... <laughs> I'll help you out. New York, New York, New York, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Okay, here we go. Uh, I don't wanna pronounce their names because they don't even look American to me, so I can't even pronounce them. Um, we had Miss Ohio about 20 years come to our church youth group talk. That night, the guys in the attendance doubled. I don't know why, but anyway. Okay. Uh, number four, name 10 people who won the Nobel uh, Peace Prize or the Pulitzer Prize. Some like, what's a Pulitzer Prize? <laughs> Journalism, arts. Okay. Anybody can name 10? We are failing big time. We're already below average. Oh, boy. Okay, I'll get two more. Name the last half dozen Academy Award winners for Best Actor and Actress. Can you name the last six actors and last six actresses? Anybody? Oh boy, we're struggling. Okay, last one. We're already gonna fail, so we'll try it anyway. The last 10 years of the World Series in baseball. Who won the last 10 World Series? Could you name those, those teams? If you think you could, raise your hand. Oh boy. Okay, well, here's the deal we didn't do very well, did we? The point is this. None of us remember the headliners from yesterday. Nobody remembers what took place, right? The trophies, the awards. Listen to me. These are the best of the best, the wealthiest, the most prestigious actors and actresses, the prize winners, the peace prize winners, athletes. We are the best of the best, and you couldn't even name them. We forget about it, right? I got a phone call from my brother um, about a month. He goes, hey, we're celebrating 40 years of Awana, at our church, you were there when it started. You were part of a and you had these awards. Do uh, you want to come and speak and go? Yeah, forty years. Oh, that makes me old. I was there for a forty-year start, so that makes yeah, they get you thinking, right? Okay. So I was like, yeah. Let me see if I can go find my awards. Went up the ba- went down the basement, couldn't find them in a the box. Went up the attic, looked in there. and I got my trophy somewhere? And I f- oh, I found like my ba- I found a baseball trophy. It's pretty cool. Except the bat was broken off, so it was just a guy standing like this. So I think either either I got the award for. I was at home plate praying that I don't get beamed or the thing broke off, but I was like, I, looking around, and, oh, that's where all of our awards end up. Certificates, and they end up packed away, right? Let me give you another quiz. Let's see how you do on this. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you can get an answer for this, okay? Here we go. Think of a teacher or a coach who helped you in your journey through school. Can you think of somebody that helped you, a teacher or coach? Raise your hand if you can think of one. Okay, hands down. Can you think of a friend who helped you through a difficult time? You got a friend who helped you through a difficult time. Raise your hand. Okay, either some of you don't have friends or you didn't have difficult times. I'm a little worried. Okay, name somebody who taught you something worthwhile in life. Somebody taught you something worthwhile. Can you think of something? Okay. Think of a person who helped you made, f- made you feel special, appreciated. Can you think of somebody? Somebody like looked at each other it's like you. Yeah. Thanks. <clears throat> name somebody you enjoy spending time with. Can you think of somebody? Awesome. Good. I was hoping we'd have any loners in here today. Can you think of a hero, somebody who's inspired you, whether you read a book, movie, somebody, they've inspired you? Okay. Let me ask you, was that easier than the first quiz? Can I tell you why? It's because those people cared for you. They loved you. They served you. That's how you'd be remembered not by all the awards and accolades, which are, those are fine, those are good. Congratulations, seriously, those are good. But I want you to remember this. Above and beyond all that, learn to serve others. You will be remembered, but more importantly, you'll be able to give God the glory and honor Him by doing what He said. Do what I have done. Worship team, would you come forward? Would you everybody please stand? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to serve you and worship you and be a part of this church. Lord, I thank you for those that are visiting here today, for our uh, graduates especially, to sort of honor them, and for those that are visiting, Lord. glad they're here. But, Lord, it's it's not just about just being here or hearing something. Lord, I pray we heard your spirit today. I pray we walk out of here and we'll be reminded... We need to serve as you serve. You taught us a great lesson. Lord, help us to serve others. It's so hard. You created us to, to do things, Lord, that can bring you honor or bring you shame. Lord, when we have those moments where we just really want to be selfish, help us to be a servant. Help us to honor you in how we serve. Lord, I pray that today you just speak to our hearts, remind us, Lord, to be incredible servants of you, to look out for others, to love others. Thank you, God, again for the many blessings you give us. Help us, Lord, as we worship you in song, to lift you up, to sing to you. In the name we pray, amen.